Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gauravakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Saturday is the day And tomorrow is Sunday, and in the Christian tradition, tomorrow is a special day, Easter Sunday. And uh, I thought that could be a topic we can discuss today. And... Um, Assorted other things. Let's see. I have a bit here. Um, yeah, I have also some questions uh, given by Odarya Chandrika. She sent me some questions in advance. She can't be with us today, having another uh, duty. Uh, and so we may discuss that. And of course, we are also welcoming Srila Bhaktivinod Thakur. Um, we are coming to join him through one of his songs. Uh, he wrote all these songs. I've mentioned this before, I think. I did this a uh, little bit, uh, well, I can't call it research, but it came to my notice that most of the songs that Bhaktivinoda Thakur wrote, he wrote in a very short period of time, um, around, I think it was 1893 to 1895, which means, uh, one thing it means is just before Srila Prabhupada's Abhir Bhava, so that's interesting. And uh, he wrote them while he had a two-year period uh, of what they call in English a fur law. I think that was the term. He was um, given like an extended vacation from his position, his government service. And he took the opportunity, uh, he took full opportunity to engage in Mahaprabhu's mission uh, by establishing, or I think he would probably say re-establishing uh, Nityananda Prabhu's Nama Hatta, 
in which he traveled up and down um, what is now West Bengal. East and West Bengal, what is now Bangladesh and West Bengal were not divided until uh, 1905, I believe, um, by the British <clears throat> to great, great, great protest. It was a huge disturbance. Um, long story, long history, eventually. What's now called Bangladesh became uh, when, when India and Pakistan simultaneously were created and split from each other. There was East Pakistan and West Pakistan. That was in 1947. And then in 1971, uh, East Pakistan said, what do we have to do with West Pakistan? They're a very different culture. They're a different language. And they are at least a thousand miles away from us. So we want independence. And uh, there was a short war uh, in which India supported Bangladesh and then Bangladesh became independent. But um, in any case, it's been separated from West Bengal, which is, uh, one could say, an unnatural arrangement. So many Vaishnavas uh, of Mahaprabhu's time came from East Bengal. And uh, those places where those devotees came from, there are still many, um, many Vaishnavas and it's very, very wonderful atmosphere in these places. I was fortunate to visit too many years ago. I think it may be time to visit again. I, I visited first time in 1987. And then again, um, <laughs> Mother Devaki invited me. This was what, about five years ago, I guess, to uh, one place. We just went to Rup Sanatan uh, place for us for a festival. <clears throat> anyway, I'm just babbling. Let's sing. Another, we have another well-known song today. Again, this is dedicated to, to the guru. Uh, this series is the same. It's the Bhajana Lalasa. And this is song number 11. And it's Gurudev Kripa Bindu Diya Koroe Dase Trina Pekka Otihin Shokola Sahane Bolodia Bolodia Koro Nijam Nijam Mane 
or Mane, Sprihahin. Gurudev, O spiritual master, give to the servant just one drop of mercy. I am lower than a blade of grass. Give me all help. Give me strength. Let me be as you are without desire or aspirations. Uh, second verse, Shakale shaman korite shakati dehonata jata jato. Tobeto gaibo harinam shuke oporada hobe hoto. I offer you all respect, for thus I may have the energy. Hmm the energy to know you correctly. Jata hmm. jata. Then by chanting the holy name in great ecstasy, all my offenses will cease. Kabehano kripa lobiya e jono kritarta hoibe nata shakti buddhihin ami otidin when will such mercy fall to this one who is weak and devoid of intelligence? Allow me to be with you. And the last verse, Joggota. Joggota bichare kichu nahipai. Tomar Koruna Sar Koruna Nahoile Kandia Kandia Prana Narakibo Ar. If you examine me, you will find no qualities. Your mercy is all that I am made of. If you are not merciful unto me, I can only weep and I will not be able to maintain my life. Okay. Gurudev Kripa Bindudiya Koro Edase Trina Pekatihina Kripa Bindudiya Koro Edase Trina Dehina Sakala Shahane Bala Diakoro Nijamane Svihadin Sakala Sahane Bala Diakoro Nijamane Svihadin 
निजमाने सकले समे सकाति शक्ति योग्यता
Hatte Krishna, Hatte Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hatte 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 Krishna, Hatte Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Rama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Haribo, 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 Tagora, Haribo, 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 Haribo. And again, the translation and the song. Gurudev Kripa Bindu Diya Kuruhidase Trinapekta Atihin. O Gurudev, O spiritual master, give to the servant just one drop of mercy. Kripa Bindu a drop of kripa, diya, uh, giving, koroho, do it, <laughs> edase, to whom? 
to this servant. Trinapika atihin. Mm. I am lower than a blade of grass. Trina and then apeksha mm. means being dependent, subordinate, being dependent. Atihin, very low, more low and then grass. Shakala mm. sahane. Balodia koro nijamane sprihahin. Give me all help. Shahane uh, is help. Shakala sahane. Give me all all help. Koro do or dia koro do the giving. Mm, give me strength, bala. Let me be as you, nija mani, sprihahin. So spriha, spriha means desires, hankering, um, desire. And hina means without, so without hankering, without desiring. Nija mani, uh, having the same, being in the same mentality as you your own mentality let me be like like you shokole shaman korite shokoti dehonata jata jata i offer you all respects for thus saman means respect all respect shokole Korite shakati. Shakati means shakti, uh, stretched out for rhythm. And korite, I may may do, may become. Um, what shakti? Uh, to know you correctly, jata jata as you are, <clears throat> Nata, O oh, oh Lord, O oh Master, <clears throat> um, Dehawa, let's see, energy to know you correctly, not sure where that fits in, Tobe to Gaibo, then, by chanting the holy name in great ecstasy, all my offenses will cease. Tabe, as a result, therefore, to gaibo, I will chant gaibo harinam shuke uh, with great happiness or in great happiness. Aparada hobe, and uh, that. Apostrophe takes out the eyes and be hoibe. Hota, removed. And they, the aparada will be future, future tense, hoibe. Hota, uh, removed. Then comes the question, the longing question, because these are, these songs are all uh, lalasa expressing longing. Bhajana Lalasa. 
So kobe, when? Kobe heno kripa. Heno uh, means such. Kripa, mercy. So when uh, will there be such mercy? Lobiya, ajon. Uh, having having ob obtained Lobiya ajon. Kritarta hoibe nata. Oh, master, nata. Kritarta. <clears throat> um, Hmm. Kritarta hoibe means there will be success. That's not in the translation. I don't know why. Kabe heno kripa lobia e jon. Yeah, and then shakti buddhi hin. I who am without any uh, power or any intelligence, or I am weak and devoid of intelligence. Ami ati din. Dina means wretched. Again, hina and dina kind of go together. Hin, din, uh, wretched, lowly. Ati din, I am very lowly. Koro more atmasat. This is, again, in the Imperative form, do it, please do it. <clears throat> Allow me to be with you. Atmasat, let me be with yourself. <clears throat> and the last verse, if you examine me, you will find no qualities. Jogjata vichare. Kichu nahi pai. Kichu nahi, not at all. Pai, you will not find. Vichare in examining. Yogyata generally means um, like appropriateness. <clears throat> I don't know, appropriate vichara examine uh, reflection vichara means reflection thinking about <clears throat> tomar karuna sar uh, karuna is mercy sar is essence uh, you you are the essence of all mercy um, and the way it's translated is nice your mercy is all that i am made of karuna na hoile and this is the I guess subjunctive form. If, if there will not be hoile, uh, karuna, if there will not be na hoile, your mercy, what kandia kandia, then crying and crying, weeping and weeping, prana, my life, narakibo, ara, uh, will not, will not be kept more will not, uh, I'll not be able to maintain my life. So it's a very um, heart-rending appeal to the guru with a recognition that without guru's mercy, nothing can work, <laughs> nothing helps, uh, nothing will come without 
without the grace of uh, the guru. Through the guru, we are receiving the uh, the spark of bhakti, which ignites the wood, uh, which is the dormant. The dormant fire is there, it's in the heart, but without it being ignited, um, it's not going to, it's not going to burn. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur Ki Jai. Okay. Let's see. Yes, welcome again, everyone. <laughs> Those of you who have joined since the last time I said welcome. <laughs> okay. Show and tell, anybody? Anybody have any news for us? Anything exciting or doesn't have to be exciting, just Sri <clears throat> Prada is smiling and laughing. <laughs> what are you showing us? I don't know. I'm showing you a lot of gimmicks. <laughs> A lot of giwicks. Oh, you're making yeah. it. Okay. Ah, okay. Uh, really a lot. <laughs> As you know, we are having a little issues with the devotees having COVID right now. So there is a lot to do when this is one of the things. Yeah, I was sorry to hear that. You wrote to me earlier this week. So that means you're doing everything for Panchatattva, not, right? Not everything, not everything. There, there are some devotees that are still okay and they are helping here and there. And so far it's all kind of going on. So we hope it will continue with devotees' blessings. Most of devotees are relatively okay, given the situation. Our older devotees, Sarista Prabhu and Maharaj, are a little bit affected. Stronger, we are very tired. But yeah, we hope for the best. Smita Krishna Maharaj also is sick? Yes, yes. About 70% of our community has by now gotten confirmed. Wow. Yeah. As they say in Hong Kong. Hiya. Yes. <laughs> well, our prayers are with you all. Thank you so much. Sometime maybe we can get Pralada Palika to come and say something about uh, yeah. the bulls. Oh, he's he, right there. He, he can tell you <laughs> right away. Is it yeah. Um, You've been hiding in the background. Yes. We, I, uh, we have one pair and uh, one couple of uh, oxen that we are training. Uh -huh. uh, they are a little older, but it's more, it's not so much in order to make them work very hard. 
but more to teach yeah. the younger generation how to do it. Okay, that's nice. And yeah. we, we would need uh, little younger calves uh, if one should make it uh, productive. Mm -hmm. the, the older cows, they can pull a cart and they can, uh, uh, you know, walk, uh, deliver some firewood maybe, but you cannot yeah. plow fields really. It's uh, too yeah. heavy. How old are these oxen? One is 15 oh. and one is uh, 19. Oh, very old. Yes. That's very old for oxen. Okay. They, they are, they are uh, very kind. <laughs> <laughs> They're gentle. Yes. Gentle. Uh, you may like to know we're having um, more or less every two weeks. This is, uh, I'm just saying to Pralada Pollock, about every two weeks, um, the Ministry of Cow Protection and, and Agriculture Europe yes. is having a meeting online. And uh, maybe sometime we'll get you to join and tell us about the cows in Sweden. Sure. I can do that. Okay, um, what else, what else is happening? Sugopi is driving, I see. <laughs> With her yellow mask. Yes, Hare Krishna Maharaj. I'm going to Radha Bhartha Sati Temple right now. Oh, very nice, okay. Please put in some prayers for all of us. <laughs> yes, yes, Maharaj, yeah. Whoops, we just got cut off, I think. <clears throat> okay, so what else? Anyone else? Something? Uh, Vrindapati, you want to share about reforestation? Yes, please do. Thank you, Guru Maharaj. Thank you uh, to all the devotees. Um, <clears throat> So uh, in my, um, I teach yoga classes uh, quite regularly and um, in my yoga classes, I made a pledge that every person, every time they come to a yoga class, I will plant a tree for them. And uh, I've recently um, managed to get uh, 3000 trees um, sponsored and wow. planted in uh, Madagascar region. We had uh, some tree planting and reforestry project in Nepal and also I did some in Punjab and in Vrindavan and we, I have a, mm. I formulated a small group um, of people who are interested in, uh, you know, working on saving the environment and restoring the forests and so, you know, it restores the environment. Uh, but I can share just one photo here that the project that I'm a part of um, also provides finance and financial support to uh, people who 
actually help grow in the nursery, the trees and cultivate agrogroves as mm. well. And we know at this current moment of time, we have a huge concern that um, in, um, in India, the 50% of agrogroves have been lost now. And people don't want to buy even rice from India anymore because the earth has, is becoming dead. Um, and the desert is growing so much and the pollution is so much that, you know, we, um, people don't really like to buy rice or, you know, we could, in India, they can grow rice, they can grow everything. It's a, you know, fully self-sustainable country. Um, but the pollution levels and the, um, the environment is becoming so endangered that um, people prefer, um, you know, even when it comes to, to um, you know, people trading in, in food, um, people are going to places like Thailand and things because there's more nutrients, dense soils there. But mm. uh, in our research, we found that actually by uh, trying to restore uh, forests and agrogroves, it's going to save um, ocean life as well. And recently, some devotees may have also got Netflix and may have seen a program which is called um, Seaspiracy. So not like conspiracy, but it's called Seaspiracy. And it's a huge kind of concern talking about uh, the environment, uh, especially the sea life and and you know people fishing and things like that and they also mentioned in that that uh, agrogroves are very important for uh, combating uh, climate change and reversing carbon emissions so i have a small team who have started to come together and we're trying to find projects in india at the moment who are already doing um, you know this kind of work to try and save the environment save the, uh, not so much on the agricultural side yet, more so on environmentalism. And uh, hopefully we're going to try to start restoring some finding places and giving support and providing a think tank space. Um, and even if possible, planting trees to restore the forests in those areas. But I just wanted to share with everybody that um, I also found, um, there is uh, one person, his name is uh, Mr. Yadav, who every day planted one tree for 40 years and was able to restore a whole forest and bring back new wildlife back to all of that area. And, mm. you know, India is a very sacred landscape. So I suppose anywhere where you plant in India, you're protecting some kind of holy places or some of um, doing some kind of service in some way or other. So I just mm. wanted to share this with everybody. I just thought since we're show and tell, it would be something to something worth sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Yes. Um, you know, environmental degradation, I think it's on all our minds and it's become what a few decades ago was, uh, you know, mar uh, only people on the margins of society we're talking about it but now it's um you know it's front and center uh in the media and everywhere else and mm, at the same time one wonders uh, are we doing too little too late to make this planet uh or to you know protect 
protect everything uh, so people can go on generations. Animals, I mean, the destruction that's going on is, uh, is quite shocking. And especially, as you said, in India. I remember years ago, there was a, a big, um, well, big, I don't know. There was a project um, in Vrindavan, a, a tree planting project. My godbrother, Ranchor Prabhu, was very involved in that. And my impression was it was, um, it was one thing to plant trees. It was another thing to keep them protected and, you know, watered and growing so that they would survive. So I don't know how many of those trees actually survived. Actually, um, we, we also noted that um, a lot of those projects that are in India, um, they start off with lots of enthusiasm. And then after some time, they, they don't sustain, you know, people lose enthusiasm when the government gives money, they may plant about, you know, a few trees for a few months, and then the funding still keeps going into these projects. Uh, but nobody knows whether people continue planting those trees or whether people keep sustaining them because people don't squander the money in different ways. Yeah. So, and, and also we know that actually uh, if we plant say 3000 trees, maybe only, you know, 25% of those trees could survive if they can, you know, can maintain, you know, water and people continue to look after them. I know in Punjab, when I went to Punjab, I, I could just for everybody's sake, I can't, I have a Punjabi background. But I planted trees there. I planted 25 trees. And out of those 25 trees, only seven of those trees actually have gone to a much fuller height and maintained, you know. So we have to keep planting. That's why I think the initiative is even though we keep planting and planting, we, it's just about keeping this uh, some type of sustainability going. Mm. Um, and that's very hard. It's actually very, very difficult to, to maintain. Yeah. <clears throat> May I some, say something? Here, Kavichandra is speaking. Yes. Uh, maybe I can even. Yes. Anyway, I, I, I can't switch my camera now. But uh, anyway, I'm just because I, I, I'm always behind because I'm a translator, but not today. So I have a question, Vrindapati Prabhu. Do you know method of uh, Akira Miyawaki? Uh, this is Japanese um, professor of forestry. Uh, was it the one where they're planting the trees on top of the trees? Uh, he's just, he's just, his method is like planting very uh, dense yeah. amounts of, of, you know, trees, wine, different trees, very close to each other. And in this way, he's creating very dense uh, forests that are, you know, uh, very sustainable in quick time. In, um... Yeah, I just, I, I can just say that I, I was reading a lot, uh, few last years, so I can exchange some knowledge with you later, if you like. Yeah, that'd be really helpful. I mean, anybody who has any enthusiasm for this kind of 
work um you know i have a, a group of people who have come together and our focus is on south asia because i don't i think there's a lot of energy being put in europe and in other places but south asia there's a lot of lack of um enthusiasm for looking after the environment people are quite careless actually in, in terms of this respect um so i'd appreciate to touch base with you after uh, kovichandra prabhu um, okay in China, there was something really interesting happened in China. They um, created a big barrier to stop the desert from growing. Yes. So they planted all these trees. And then in order to kind of sustain the soil, they cut the trees for the trees to then fall and then allow regrowth so that it created a new grade of soil. So it became useful yes. soil rather than sand. And then we're able to kind of stop the desert from kind of encroaching into mainland. And so now a lot of kind of uh, countries are starting to do this, but India is not doing this and the desert is growing like meters at a time every year. And oh, some of you may have noticed when you go to Vrindavan, it's becoming more and more dusty and more and more like a desert. Yeah. So it's really scary, actually, what's going on in, in Vrindavan. Indeed, I saw this. Yeah, the Rajasthan desert uh, has been adva advancing um, eastward <clears throat> into Raja, definitely. Um, and we, we sort of throw up our hands and say, oh, what to do? <laughs> there, there was an article, since we're on the subject of trees, some years ago, uh, one lady anthropologist did a, a survey and she did some interviewing of elderly villagers in uh, some part of Rajasthan uh, to get their take on uh, environmental change and specifically the loss of forest. And these older people remembered that uh, around their villages before independence, there had been uh, substantial forests. But then after independence, when everything changed uh, in terms of government, um, the sense of responsibility that had been there uh, with the princely kingdoms disappeared. And now you had just government officers supposedly in charge for these, uh, for these forests. But you know, they're just getting a salary and uh, whether they do their job or don't do their job doesn't really make a difference. So this these things are going on. The culture uh, the culture of care is lost. That's what's happened in India. Anyway, before we get completely depressed about that, uh, it's good. You're doing something, Rindabani, <laughs> planting trees. Um, yeah, so I think these things are good. Some devotees will say, well, um, we are Vaishnavas. What do we care about trees? And I would say we can care a lot about trees because 
uh, caring about Krishna's planet, Krishna's land, which is the whole planet, uh, is completely, completely the right thing to do. Mother Earth, we care for our mother, we should care for Mother Earth. Okay, um, <clears throat> Easter, tomorrow is Easter. Maybe some of you um, will be going for some Easter service. Some people in the Christian uh, traditions will go to church twice a year, once on Christmas Day and once on Easter. Um, but what is Easter about? Of course, it's about uh, this, it's a celebration, and it's a celebration of what is understood to be a, what's called resurrection, uh, that Jesus uh, was nailed to the cross uh, for, for no serious crime at all, Simply, he was preaching about uh, love of God. He was preaching about the kingdom of God. And if he made a mistake, it was, apparently he was, I don't know if he was saying himself, others, in any case, others were saying that he is the Messiah. The Mess I don't know how it would be pronounced in Hebrew, but something that the Jewish uh, people have anticipated over, over the centuries is the Messiah will come and he's going to save us. Uh, but their idea, the Jewish idea of the Messiah is he's, um, he's more of a political character, someone who brings uh, the Jewish nation out of bondage because uh, they've always been under uh, some oppression from other greater powers, the Egyptians and then uh, the, um, the, the Persians and so on. So then here comes this uh, small town preacher and he's being called the Messiah and many of the Jewish people are saying this this guy is a nonsense. Um, how dare he uh, to say he's the Messiah? So the Romans who were now, um, of course, since however long Israel uh, area was under, the Jews were under uh, the Roman Empire. And um, Pontius Pilate or Pilate, um, kind of went along with the Jewish crowd to, uh, get, to make Jesus a kind of scapegoat uh, for their various dissatisfactions. And this has been interpreted uh, after his death and what was uh, regarded by some of his followers as his... Um, resurrection is coming back to life for some days and then again disappearing 
uh, was proof that he was none other than uh, the uh, the son of God or a son of God. I believe the technical uh, term in the Hebrew and the Greek is uh, a son of God. And that's been turned into a kind of exclusive designation. But beside all of that, um, what I think is, what, what came to my mind is kind of an interesting contrast with, and one could make so many comparisons. Uh, maybe I need to back up and say that uh, a sort of starting point for me to think about comparison of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Jesus, Jesus Christus, Christos, is uh, something that Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur wrote in his essay, The Bhagavata, its philosophy, ethics, and theology from 1869. Uh, he, he says, um, he refers to Lord Chaitanya as our Eastern Savior. Our Eastern Savior. Um, by that, using the word Savior, uh, this is a, a word used by Christians to refer to Jesus. He is our Savior. Uh, savior means the general idea is that uh, in Christian, uh, present-day Christian understanding is we have this one life, and if we um, accept Jesus, then he will save us. And we will rise uh, to uh, the, sorry, the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and if we don't, then we go to eternal damnation. That's kind of the general idea, although modern Christians don't talk so much about that unless they are uh, particular evangelical types, born again types. Um, but this, the idea of savior, therefore, has a very strong implication. You're either saved or you're damned, and it's one, it's now or never. Um, but Bhaktivinodakur said, in effect, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, you have your savior. That's great. We have our savior our Eastern Savior. Um, and this is how he refers to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But here's where I was struck with an interesting contrast. The biographies of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu say, practically speaking, nothing at all about uh, the death or the disappearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There is a, one might say a kind of gaping silence. Whereas in the Christian tradition, it's the death of Jesus which has, in which is packed up, you know, most of the meaning, most of this 
all of the significance of his life. It's understood that he sacrificed his life. Uh, uh, being completely innocent, he's, uh, actually it's understood uh, God the Father sacrifices his son uh, for saving us. That's the general logic. Um, and here we have on the other side, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Suddenly there's just kind of silence. He, and there's different theories about how he disappeared. There's, I don't know, two, three, four different ideas about how he disappeared, depending uh, who you read. Uh, and one explanation of why this is not discussed is because it's too painful. Uh, Vaishnavas don't want to think about uh, the, the departure of the Lord. In the Christian tradition, uh, especially developed by the, Jesus, uh, by the Jesuits, uh, it's, uh, it's a meditation that you meditate over a period of days on uh, what are called the stations of the cross. And, and it's a very, it's intended as a meditation to, to picture uh, the agony that Jesus went through in the course of the last uh, days and hours of his life and then his actual crucifixion. One is, uh, supposed to be becoming absorbed in that experience in some way, in some sense, identifying uh, with that, uh, that story. Now I see some of you are bringing up about Jesus in India. Um, Holger Kersten, I met him personally many years ago, together with Sachinandan Swami. Um, I've read his book, and as one reads it, it seems quite convincing. I think it's what would be called circumstantial evidence, not really strong enough for, um, for most Christians to be persuaded. Um, plausibility is there. But I wouldn't go so far as to say, you know, this is uh, hard and fast proof. Um, I've always wondered, I think I was wondering this even when I was a young, young child, why is it that there's nothing in the description of Jesus's life between the age of 12 and the age 30? Uh, the, the Gospels describe his uh, birth, his um, his life briefly up to, I think it's age 12. And then there's silence uh, for 18 years. And then suddenly he's back and he's preaching. Uh, I just want to mention there are theories that in, in several countries that Jesus had visited there including uh, France, including Spain, I believe. They all have traditions that, you know, Jesus was, uh, during that time he came here, he came there. And of course, we uh, followers of Lord Chaitanya, we like to think that Jesus came to India. 
and it's possible, but is anyone gonna uh, be able to say it's true without a doubt? Uh, I don't think so. I, I you know. <laughs> so I don't know if it makes for a very strong preaching point uh, to Christians. You tell Christians, you know, Jesus was actually in India. Um, even even uh, Indian Christians, I don't believe that they um, subscribe to this. To my knowledge, they they don't subscribe. Although, of course, they understand in South India that St. Thomas went after Jesus' departure. They went to uh, South India. Sometime uh, we might, um, I'll try sometime to get my godmother Prithu Prabhu to join us. He's been studying um, Christianity and writing a book, a kind of Vaishnav commentary on uh, Jesus and Christianity. For many, many years, he's been writing this book. And I just talked to him a few days ago. He said, yeah, he's still, right. he's still working on it. He's refining it. Uh, but he is very knowledgeable. Um, he studied um, anything that anyone has written on the, the history uh, and so on. He's an expert. Um, so the Tirobhav aspect, we can say they're like complete opposites. And that to me is just interesting. Um, but we could uh, shift to another element of Christianity where I think we can appreciate a parallel, uh, although Christians would generally not appreciate the comparison, and that is the notion of guru, Jesus as guru. Uh, sometimes you'll see some, um, how to say, uh, some, you know, non-official Christian writing where some comparison like that is made. But um, it's, I don't know. I think from our perspective, it's helpful to appreciate Jesus as a guru um, in the way Prabhupada would sometimes say, he would refer to Jesus as Lord Jesus. Um, and I think he may have also referred to him as um, as a guru, um, in a similar way, in a, some sense, uh, Narada Muni, Prabhupada said, is our guru. Uh, we, we follow Narada Muni. And of course, what was he teaching? What was Jesus teaching? He was teaching, uh, if anything, if nothing else, he was teaching love of God. Uh, and that is something that certainly we want to appreciate. Uh, we have a quote from Rasodari Hari. On a morning walk in Chicago, an ordinary, an ordinary man looked at Srila Prabhupada with great respect and said, what do you think of the coming of Christ? And Prabhupada said, your Messiah has already come. 
we, the devotees, all shouted, Jai Prabhupada. <laughs> okay, that can be taken in different ways also. <laughs> Was Prabhupada speaking about himself? I am, I am the return of Jesus? Um, I don't know. Maybe in some sense. Or he was just saying, you know, you're Jesus. He came 2,000 years ago. Uh, he already came. So what are you waiting for? Why not just follow his teachings? Ramananda Gopal is pointing out that Jesus or Christians, Christmas, Christians don't appear in Chaitanya Charitamrita while Muslims do. Yeah, that's because um, Christians, Christians were in South India. Okay, one might wonder um, whether or if it could have happened that he would meet Christians in South India. That's, that's, uh, that's an interesting question. North India, I don't think we would expect to see any Christians uh, at, the at the time of Mahaprabhu. Uh, they start, I don't remember dates, of course, they come to Goa, uh, the Portuguese uh, settle in Goa, and then there will be some interactions, some Christian preachers uh, will uh, come to the court of Akbar, but that's some years later, that's, uh, that's a couple of, that's 15 or 20 years later that they will be coming. And in East India, in Bengal, to my knowledge, there were just, there were no Christians. So it's quite possible or likely that Krishnadas Kaviraj never heard of Christians or Christianity. Uh, growing up first in Bengal and then in Vrindavan. Um, one more point comes to my mind on this subject is, uh, I may have mentioned this before, I find a, a helpful way of appreciating other religious traditions is to consider the rasa of wonder, adbuta that we can find in other traditions um, expressions of what could easily be referred to as bhakti, as devotion. Other traditions will also show uh, other aspects, karma, jnana, yoga, um, but we can appreciate especially the bhakti in other traditions and uh, different ways that bhakti manifests. And one way that I appreciate in the Christian tradition is the music. Um, you know, there's, there's, some, there's a lot of uh, wonderful music, choral music. I'm quite a fan of, <laughs> of good choral music. Handel's Messiah, um, you know, I think it's a masterpiece. It's uh, very powerful. 
If you haven't heard Handel's Messiah, I recommend it. You'll find it on YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah, so those were a few thoughts. Uh, we can, of course, go on with that, but just uh, to sort of respect uh, the occasion that's coming up, Easter Sunday. When I was a kid, the big thing on Easter Sunday was searching for Easter eggs. You know, that was the culture <laughs> for kids. A painting, we would paint, we would take chicken eggs and boil them so they'd become hard boiled. And then we would paint them different designs. And then um, I guess my mother would hide them in different places. And then the game was you would uh, go and find the eggs. And I confess, then we would eat them. <laughs> uh, but Easter was a, it was a joyful time. And it's still, a, I mean, for Christianity, for Christians, it's a, it's a time of great joy because uh, the Lord has arisen again. Uh, this idea is there. And that's very nice. So we, we would say, well, uh, the Lord uh, rises again. He appears again and again and again and again to give us yet another chance and another chance and yet another chance uh, to take shelter of him and to be elevated to the spiritual realm. <clears throat> Hare Krishna. Christian slogan, Jesus is the only way. Yeah, it's a slogan. Um, I guess my answer would be, I agree that the way of Jesus is the only way, namely bhakti. But that does not mean that Jesus, uh, the particular person who appeared some 2,000 years ago, is the only guru. Guru is one, yes, and that way we can also agree Jesus is the only way. Uh, and so... So you can agree with him. Yes, Jesus is the only way. And the way I follow Jesus is, and then you can explain, I chant the names of God. Uh, as for quotes, um, I mean, it's, it's you know, <laughs> uh, how, to, how to begin. Uh, it's not proving anything. First of all, we don't know, nobody knows even one statement that Jesus actually stated. What we have, uh, what we have is reports uh, some two, two generations after he departed. Um, and then there are any number of different versions, manuscripts of, uh, of the biblical 
chapters, the biblical books, uh, Old and New Testament. There's several different um, one who sees me sees God. <clears throat> well, in a certain way, we can appreciate that. Why not? If we see a pure devotee of the Lord, uh, in a certain manner of speaking, we're seeing the Lord. Mm. Yes, St. Francis. Um, I think St. Francis is probably the most popular saint um, uh, for the Vaishnavas among the Vaishnavas, uh, among the, the saints of the Christian tradition. He's, he's, uh, he's also become the saint of the environmental movement. <laughs> Chocolate eggs, okay. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's um, what's what's it called? Hopefully it's uh, fair trade chocolate. <laughs> I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, this is from the the last of the four Gospels. It's. Um, which has a very different flavor from the other three Gospels. And it does emphasize this exclusivity. And there is that sense of exclusivity that a devotee feels for his or her um, practice, for his or her guru, uh, for, for the path uh, that one is following. There's a sense. It kind of goes along, I guess, with the sense of uh, mamata, of possession, that Krishna belongs to me. So, I don't know. One would want to see, I would want to hear from, from a Hebrew scholar, or maybe this is Greek, actually, the New Testament in Greek. Uh, to hear more precisely what what is said in that statement and what the uh, connotations are and what the historical context might have been in which that was quoted. There are a lot of different questions that could be there. Whoops, we're getting more questions. <laughs> Oh yeah, why why more confusion for people already confused? Um, I guess the simple answer is because they want to be confused. <laughs> we want to be confused. That's our tendency in this world. We like uh, we like confusion, and at the same time, we like to feel strong conviction that I'm I got it right, and everyone else got it wrong. Um, nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam eko bahunam yo viradati kaman Krishna's fulfilling all desires <clears throat> and um, Pandava is referring to 
one Polish saint, visionary. Um, and of course, there have been many visionaries, visions and visionaries of Jesus, of Mary, especially. Um, Yasnagura in Chestahova is uh, the Black Madonna, uh, Mary and child celebrated all over all over uh, Poland. And uh, I learned this from Wikipedia this last week. There's um, Chestahova, uh, Texas, I think. There's two or three or four places in the USA uh, where they have replicas of uh, the Lady of Chestahova, or how she's called. Um, Polish people migrated to, <clears throat> to America and they set up their own uh, shrines like that. Yeah, visions, conversations, so... Um, yeah, there are a lot of, there, there was a whole um, sort of wave of women saints, especially in, uh, in Germany, there were some, and of course in Spain, and um, especially in the late uh, Middle Age period. So this is all, I, for me, this all goes into the category of wonder. This is Adbuta. Uh, these are uh, experiences that can't be um, reduced to something mundane. Okay. Um, Saint Teresa of Avila wrote books about her realizations, the interior castle. Yes, that's a famous one. Uh, chambers in the Heart. About purification of the heart in order to become elevated in the chambers. Yeah, there's a lot of writing uh, in Christian tradition about spirituality, uh, spiritual progress, intentional practices, meditations. Uh, Saint Bonaventura also wrote, um, and um, I mentioned the Jesuits. Saint, what's who's the founding? Um, his meditations on the cross. So these are all uh, inspiring. I think another point we should appreciate is how many people uh, around the world are inspired genuinely inspired uh, by these different, by these traditions. Um, I think that has to be taken seriously, not just to be rejected as some, as some, uh, you know, mistaken idea. Um, I, I had good fortune, my uh, doctoral supervisor, Frank Clooney, was uh, or is um, a Jesuit priest. He is also a professor at Harvard University now. 
um, he's done, he is one of the pioneers of, of uh, what is called comparative theology. And he has written so many books um, which go very deeply into the subject uh, of respectful comparison. His particular specialty is uh, Christianity and uh, the Sri Vaishnava tradition, in which he reads he reads uh, the original text, the Sanskrit, the Tamil. So uh, very fascinating reading. And the sort of general point that he makes, and this is, I think, valuable, and we talked about this uh, when we talked about interfaith dialogue, is that a genuine, serious, genuinely serious engagement of comparison. Uh, and for him, this means especially comparing written texts. He says, this is how I, this is how I do things. This is how I work. Um, but a serious engagement will lead to a change in one's um, how one appreciates one's own tradition. It doesn't mean one, one will lose faith in one's own tradition. One can deepen one's faith and have a richer sense of one's own faith, having explored uh, another tradition. Yeah. Yes, some nice comments here. Okay, I, I, I want to jump now. We're moving to a different chapter <laughs> of our session to talk about Lord Chaitanya and his adventures, his transcendental adventures described uh, by his biographers or we may sometimes prefer the word hagiographers, or I think there's a nice expression that kind of goes in between the two, which is mm, sacred geography. Not geography, biography. What am I saying? <laughs> sacred geography. Uh, I'm also thinking about a presentation for one conference coming up about Navadvip. So I'm thinking about sacred geography. So we have three questions. Let's see if we get to them from um, uh, uh, Odarya Chandrika. First is related to Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Lila. Chapter 6, The Liberation of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. And the question is, what can we learn from Sarvabhoma's conversion? We know Sarvabhoma is this, um, what Prabhupada would sometimes call, big, big scholar. <laughs> He's a big, big scholar. Uh, he was a logician and so on. 
Um, and he seemed to represent uh, more or less a Mayavada understanding of Vedanta. And we know the story that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had just taken sannyas. He is um, fresh, <laughs> freshly shaved, we may say. <laughs> it's just been a few days <clears throat> since he took sannyas. And he has come to Puri and Sarvabhama Bhattacharya sees him this young boy, he's 24 years old, he's just a kid, and he's taken sannyas. And he's taken sannyas from a bharati? Mm. Oh. Okay, bharatis are uh, one of the schools, one of the groups of sannyasis of the uh, Shankara. Adi Shankara order, but they're not so. This is what Sarvabhama was thinking. They're not so high class. I think we could, um, we can give you some nice training in Vedanta and we can uh, have you properly initiated in a higher class of sannyas. And so Mahaprabhu is extremely respectful. I think this is the first thing we can learn. Uh, is how respectful Mahaprabhu was to Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. There's a nice film some of you may have seen. Uh, it was made, I think, in the, in the, in the mid-1950s. Mid called uh, Nila Chala Mahaprabhu. There were two films, black and white. Uh, one was uh, Nadia Nimai, and the other Nila Chal Mahaprabhu, I think is the name. Quite nicely done films, not, not, not following the script. <laughs> I mean, quite a lot of creative, uh, adjustment of the story. Uh, but I would say in general, the mood uh, that these films made were quite, quite nicely portrayed. And in that film, Sarvabhoma is, um, he's presented as an elderly uh, scholar, highly respected, and quite quite extremely disturbed <laughs> when Mahaprabhu expresses disagreement with what he says. Uh, but then there is this wonderful transformation. Now, we won't go through the whole story, but I think it's important to note that part of the story is that before Sarvabhoma gives his seven-day teaching to Mahaprabhu. 
he has already had this conversation with his brother-in-law, Gopinata Acharya. And Gopinata Acharya, Krishnadas Kaviraj tells us that Gopinata Acharya was completely and thoroughly convinced of who was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He saw him as none other than Bhagavan, uh, as Krishna, as the Supreme Person, Supreme Lord. And he argued with his brother-in-law, with Vasudev Sarvabhama Bhattacharya. And the sort of conclusion of that argument is Gopinathacharya just sort of shaking his head and saying, you just, you're not, you are not fortunate. <laughs> you, you have missed the point. You know so much Shastra, but you do not, you have not received the mercy of the Lord and therefore you cannot understand. And that seems to be where, where that discussion ends. And then, and then comes the meeting, the seven days of Vedanta, in which Mahaprabhu simply sits and listens and doesn't say one word. In this film, uh, Nila Chal Mahaprabhu, the way it's presented is that Sarvabhoma is teaching a class. He has a group of students and Mahaprabhu is one of those students. He joins the class. In Chaitanya Charitamrita, it seems that he's only speaking to Mahaprabhu alone. Uh, and it seems to be that they're speaking uh, in the Jagannath temple. Mm. In any case, the point is Mahaprabhu stays silent for seven days. So I think this is something we can also learn from. And I know the immediate objection will be uh, that we should not listen <laughs> to Mayavada philosophy. Mayavada, uh, what is it? Mayavada vakya shunile hoilo nasha. Um, everything becomes destroyed by listening to it. One answer being, okay, uh, Mahaprabhu is Mahaprabhu. He can, he's not gonna be disturbed. Uh, but then how do we, what, how is this a lesson for us if we're not supposed to listen to Mayavada philosophy? It's a lesson in that, in general, if we don't have open ears to those that we are speaking with, genuinely open and sympathetic, and I would say listening for listening for the spark of, of Krishna Bhakti, which may be, very, may be very hidden to us, but it's there uh, because Krishna is in the heart, Krishna is calling out. Um, it may be very filtered, but we can listen and that listening 
has a very, can have a very deep effect on the person we are listening to, that they appreciate being listened to. It's like, it's a rare thing. Somebody actually listens to me. <laughs> Some people just want to tell their life story. They want to tell uh, about their troubles, um, whatever it is. Um, but being able to listen opens the person to be able to listen to what you have to say. And then hopefully what you have to say uh, will be appropriate to the person. There's more of a chance that it will be appropriate to that person because you've listened to them. Whereas if we don't listen, we're, mm, there's a big danger that we're just talking to ourselves. <laughs> so there's, there's a lesson of humility here and uh, there's, mm, there's a lesson of, I would say, also genuine appreciation. Mahaprabhu had genuine appreciation of uh, Sarvabhoma. He praises him. He says he is, um, I don't have the verses just here. Uh, but he, uh, he praises genuinely appreciating Sarvabhoma. At one point, um, Sarvabhoma wants to know why Mahaprabhu has been silent all the time. And that's when uh, Mahaprabhu begins to speak. He says, well, um, actually, I, I, understand, I understand Vedanta Sutra, but I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> And then he goes on to elaborate uh, what is, in many respects, an extremely compact summary uh, of points that you can find in Srila Jiva Goswami's Sandarbhas. Um, I think a lot of it is uh, from the first, from the tattva. Tattva Sandarva. And in that explanation, he mentions the Atmarama verse, as it's called, uh, the verse Atmaramas Chamunayo Nirgranta Api Urukrame Kurvanti Ahituki Bhaktim Itam Bhuta Guno Hari. Describing the devotee being, although self satisfied, being attracted to uh, narrations of the Lord. And this awakens Sarvabhoma's curiosity. Oh, what is this about? And then, and this is interesting also, Mahaprabhu doesn't immediately launch into giving his explanation of what is the Atmarama verse. 
Rather, he invites Sarvabhoma to explain because he's a scholar, uh, he knows Sanskrit very well. And so Sarvabhoma gives, uh, it's reported that he gives explanation with nine different possible ways of understanding the verse. And then Sarvabhoma says, but, but what do you say? I want to hear what you say about this verse. And then he gives, Mahaprabhu gives 18 explanations without touching any of the explanations of Sarvabhoma. Now, unfortunately, none of the details of that are provided us. It would be wonderful if we would have that. What we do have is uh, later, I think it's chapter 24, uh, another elab greater elaboration on the Atmarama verse, 61 uh, meanings of the Atmarama verse from Lord Chaitanya. But even there, it's done in a kind of sketchy way. And I'm sort of left wondering, okay, so what would be the exact 61 different translations? The point being that when Mahaprabhu completes uh, his explanations, his 18 explanations to Sarvabhoma, then Sarvabhoma has an aha moment. And here is where it is uh, mentioned. This is verse 199, chapter 6. Upon hearing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's explanation of the Atmarama verse, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya was struck with wonder. Shuni Bhattacharya Monehoilo Chomotkar. Prabhuke Krishna Jani Kore Apona Dikkar. He then understood Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be. Krishna in person, and he thus condemned himself in the following words. <laughs> Dikkar, he's condemning himself. <clears throat> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is certainly Lord Krishna himself because I could not understand him and was very proud of my own learning. I have committed many offenses. And then the Lord desires to show him mercy. Well, he's been showing him mercy all along, we can say, but now he's going to reveal his form, first with four arms and then with two arms. Um, one of those many episodes of Chaitanya Charitamrita where one wishes someone would have been there with a video camera. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is revealing him, his identity as Krishna. Yeah, so, okay, that's, that's to the question of uh, Sarvabhoma's conversion. And uh, Odarya Chandrika is asking, Ramananda Roy, 
Ramananda Samvad, this is chapter eight, Madhya Lila, famously, on the recommendation of Sarvabhama, after his, we may say, conversion, he says, you know, there's a devotee in South India, you really should meet him. Uh, you'll, you'll like him. And that's Ramananda Rai. And so he does uh, when he leaves Puri and goes uh, to, uh, to the south, he goes to uh, this area uh, where, what is it, the Godavari River comes, um, the mouth of the Godavari. Um, it's, it's north of Chennai, uh, south of of um, Ishakapatnam, and it's called, what is it called now? I want to say Mahendra something. Mm, anyway. So the question is, how, uh, because their discussion is about progressions of practice and eventually coming to uh, um, from sadhana to bhava bhakti and prema bhakti, step by step, uh, with each statement in the beginning of Ramananda Roy saying, eho bahya ara kahe hoy. Um, that is external, you can say more. Mm. The question is how to see what stage we are on. How do we know where we are on the path back to Godhead? I think in an ultimate sense, the only one who knows that perfectly is Krishna. If we were to know perfectly where we are, in a sense, we would be then already perfect we would see perfect. If we could see perfectly where we are in our imperfection, that would uh, be the, uh, that would be our perfection. We, we do have the various signs and these are many different kinds of signs that we have, um, signposts, uh, we have, um, uh, Srila Rupa Goswami's uh, list of progressions, Ado Shraddha, Tata Sadhu Sangota, Tato Bhajana Kriya, Tato Anarta Nivritti Syat, Tato Nishta Rajistata, Tata Saktis Tato Bhava, Tata Prema Bhyudanchati Sadakama, Ayam Premna Pradurbhave Bhavet Krama. And that's giving us a rough map. Um, but as the saying goes, map is not territory. Map is one thing, territory is another. So there's the map, which represents the territory, but then there's the actual territory. How do we lo locate ourselves in the territory in relation to the map? Whether it's uh, the map of uh, Srila Rupa Goswami or whether it's the map of uh, 
Ramananda Rai, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how do we locate ourselves on that map? Or maybe there's another question to ask ourselves before we try to locate ourselves is, um, whether it is necessary to locate myself uh, or, or whether the map is such that it's simply giving me the direction forward to make sure that I'm not going backwards. Another, in other words, um, just like Ado Shraddha Tata Saru Sangota, there's this accumulation. There's beginning with Shraddha. You know, everything starts with having some faith. Tata Sadhu Sangha, and then association, and then Bhajana Kriya, kriya and then Anartha Nivriti, and then, and then. But none of these are abandoning the one for the other. Rather, they're cumulative. And whatever stage we're on, I would su suggest we can look at from the very beginning of the process and say, am I completely, uh, is there no more possibility to have more faith than the faith I have? Is there no more um, possibility to have more uh, sadhu sangha, more good association? Uh, I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but as I see it, all of these uh, sort of mappings and directions that we get are, are best used in this way to see uh, the way forward. And yes, to sometimes appreciate, oh, mm, I feel I'm getting some attraction for Krishna. So maybe I'm not completely anartha nivritti. Uh, maybe I'm still, to some extent, artha pravritti, absorbed in selfish desire. But I'm seeing some kind of attraction is there. I'm feeling some nishta, some uh, definite conviction. I'm inspired uh, with association of devotees, hearing devotees. And so like this, we, uh, we benefit uh, from the map. Obviously so much more could be said on that subject, um, but I want to go to the third question now before we end. It's a nice question. Jumping now to Antilila chapter 20. This is the final chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita in which Krishna's Kaviraj uh, describes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu composing or reciting his Shiksha, uh, Shikshastaka prayers one after another 
and expressing his feelings that go with these prayers. Another way of understanding is that Krishnadas is giving Bengali translations to the Sanskrit verses and giving purports, giving explanations. But he's also showing the mood of Mahaprabhu uh, in his expression of these prayers. And the question is, is there a message in the fact that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left only eight verses? It's an interesting question because we don't usually think of a message in the form of the absence of something. But I think we can take a message here uh, before saying what that might be, though. In contrast, we may look at Vallabhacharya, who wrote extensive commentary on the first, on the Bhagavatam, Cantos 1, Canto 3, uh, Canto 10, and maybe also Canto 11. Extensive commentary which in Chaitanya Charitamrita, from what we read, doesn't sound like Mahaprabhu had much appreciation of it. Why? Because uh, he is said to have, Vallabha is said to have not appreciated Sridhar Swami as, as the uh, Shastra Acharya. That's something which is also, Vallabha is not discussed, but Sridhar Swami is discussed in the Tattva Sandarbha that Jiva Goswami says, I am accepting, I am going to follow uh, in my Sandarbhas, I'm going to uh, sometimes quote Sridhar Swami. Why? Because he is a Vaishnava. And then the question is, but if he's a Vaishnava, why is it that he was a follower of uh, Shankaracharya. He was a follower of Shankaracharya only externally, but in fact, he was a Vaishnava. Then why, did, why is it some of the things that he wrote um, in his commentary to uh, Bhagavatam are mm, having a, mm, an Advaitic uh, flavor to them and the answer ta- that Jiva Goswami gives is he's doing that in order to attract uh, the Advaita Vadins to the Srimad Bhagavatam but Jiva Goswami says I'm not going to quote those statements here because I'm not writing for them I'm writing for the Vaishnava um, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left us only eight verses. Well, one I see one message from that is that the essence of everything that Mahaprabhu had to say are in these eight verses. 
um, we can understand uh, the emphasis on chanting the Maha Mantra, uh, especially in the first three verses. Srila uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has analyzed, he has commented the uh, Shikshashtakam in, uh, he's elaborated, he's uh, identified Sambandha Abhideya Prayojana in these eight verses and so on. Um, And Mahaprabhu um, wanted to glorify his devotees. Srila Rupa Goswami, Srila Sanatan Goswami, Srila Jiva Goswami. Let them do all the writing. Uh, and Srila Raghunath Das Goswami, uh, Gopal Bhatta Goswami, let them do all the writing. Um, and that is sufficient. In terms of philosophy, uh, the Shatsandarbas of Jiva Goswami are what you could call, in, in Christian terms, you could say it's um, a systematic theology. He is, uh, he's, He's taking, um, he's taking essential points of the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he is supporting them, he's elaborating them through um, Srimad Bhagavatam. And the first part of Tattva Sandarbha is a explanation, an argument, step-by-step -step argument of why he takes Srimad Bhagavatam as uh, what he calls the Chakravarti Pramana, uh, the emperor uh, source of knowledge, which he does after a process of elimination, um, Parishesha Pramana, eliminating one after another uh, what does not qualify. And then he glorifies the Bhagavatam and he glorifies Srila Vyasadeva and he, he shows how Shukadeva Goswami is glorified in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, and then he begins uh, after the first several, uh, several sections, he begins his Pramaya Kanda, the teaching of this, this subject. So it's not that uh, Mahaprabhu did not leave his, you know, he, everything was provided. He arranged that everything would be provided. And all he needed to provide uh, was, you can say, his final message. And that comes in the very, very final chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita. I think Krishnadas Kaviraj wants to emphasize this point by putting it there, that this is the final word, the final message of Mahaprabhu, and therefore we can also contemplate these prayers and imbibe them uh, 
and uh, in this way perfect our lives. Jeto Dharpanam Arjanam Bhava Mahadavadni Nirvapanam Shreya Kairava Chandrika Vitaranam Vidyavadu Jivanam Anandam Vodivardanam Pratibadam Purnam Vitasvaranam Sarvatmas Napanam Param Vijayate Shri Krishna Sankirtanam um, Bhaktivinoda's Vani Vaibhava describes various stages in detail. Is that, could that be helpful? Yes, it could be helpful. As far as I know, that is a, um, uh, a collection of uh, excerpts of statements from Bhaktivinoda Thakur from his writings, especially um, I think he goes into much more detail in his uh, Jaiva Dharma. And he has lots and lots of terminology. But I think I would want to say, let's also be a little careful not to overdo it with trying to see where am I located in this, because we just might, despite our best efforts, get it wrong we might get it wrong. Um, but that's, uh, that's a longer subject. Well, we've come to the end of our Saturday Sangha time for today. And I want to thank you all again for joining us. And uh, I can wish you a happy Easter tomorrow. Hare Krishna. So, let's see who all is here. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, I wish you all a very nice week this coming week, and I wish you all to keep well, keep safe, keep well. <laughs> Chant and be happy. Chant and dance. Yes, we can dance. <laughs> okay. Hare Krishna, Gaur Premanande, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Anantakoti Vaishnavarinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanande. Hari Hari Bo, Guru Maharaj. Thank you, Krishna. Hari 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 Krishna